If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk and education. It's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you had a nice Memorial Day weekend. Watching here on the television as Trump is honoring those um, fallen heroes who have helped make this nation possible who have helped make this uh, this nation possible. You know, I was debating whether I would talk about this off the top because there's some, obviously I wasn't here Friday and then again yesterday. So there's a lot to get to. But I wanted to take a moment to to share. Normally what my family and I do, we, we attend a, uh, usually there's festivities at Crown Hill Cemetery. And I, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. I'm not sure if it is the it's it's one of the longest running Memorial Day um, act, uh, events that there is in the country, and they didn't have it yesterday for you know COVID nineteen concerns. There's a crowd that gathers for this, and they they do all sorts of things where they. You know, Lincoln reads the Gettysburg Address, and um, they have a letter written from uh, the wife of one of the, I think, generals who is the one who began Memorial Day, um, recognizing that when the makeshift graves of the soldiers, they had flowers placed on them back during the time of the Civil War, and a wind came up and they blew the flowers all together and that's when she realized that we needed to honor all of these fallen um, and regardless of whether they were for the the north or for the south so anyway we we still went yesterday uh, to to the cemetery it's where uh, we have my wife has family uh, there and we paid respects and so forth at the at the grave but this is I you know I hope that all folks have a moment to to remember however you do that uh, the importance of of Memorial Day it's it's for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice um, in defense of this great nation the liberties that we hold dear and it's just a reminder of how important this way of life is this the the, the ideals and principles 
that we see enacted. Now they're under threat, no doubt, under threat by those who are lovers of big government who want to see um, the, you know, the, their, their petty tyrants there. And you can see some of this on display during COVID, and we'll talk about some of this as the program comes together today. But I just want to take a moment to do that. This is This is not to be confused with Veterans Day. Veterans Day, of course, is to thank someone who served, a veteran. Memorial Day is for those who are lost, who have, who have given. doesn't mean that you still can't take a moment to thank someone um, as you're thinking about those who defended the nation. Uh, but more, Memorial Day is designed specifically for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice in defending what we have here. And this is, again, the greatest nation this planet has ever known. Not that, not that we don't have problems, not that we've not made mistakes, and not that we certainly don't have petty tyrants out there. But I hope that we all, of course, remember that, and I wanted to say that off the top of the program today. So let's talk about good old Joe Biden. I tell you what, how this guy, how this guy is a, this is the best, (laughs) this is the best candidate the Democrats can give us. Here we are marching into June, right? We're not too far, not too far out from the convention. The convention is that moment in time where the Democrats will announce their candidate with fanfare, assuming they can get together in person. This might all be done virtually. Who knows how this is all going to play out as we work our way through the COVID shutdowns and quarantines and the social distancing and so forth. In fact, there's some news on the Republicans looking at potentially changing the location from North Carolina for their convention. Republicans have been insistent that they're going to be doing this in in person, having an in-person event. And so, but but I want to stick with the Democrats this morning. I want to stick with with Biden. I want to stick with this concept that, you know, the whole the whole concept of the primary, especially since we have a primary system that is really we've got a two-party system here, right? I mean, we've got the Democrats, we've got the Republicans tomorrow. Tomorrow I plan on sharing a conversation I had uh, last week with Donald Rainwater, he's running as a libertarian here in the state of Indiana for governor. And we talked a little bit about, you know, being a third party candidate, what that really means, and the success or the you know the opportunity to uh, to the the challenges of, of being third party and, and all this sort of, of thing. Including we we talked about is is that the best way for folks who believe in limited government to win office versus regaining control of the Republican Party. And he and I talked about that um, to, you know, to uh, at, at a fair length. Um, and so we'll, we'll share that tomorrow. But we're looking at basically a two-party system in this country right now. We've got Democrats, we've got Republicans. And so the idea, the idea is that you bring your best candidate, you vet your, your candidates, you bring forth your best candidate, the one who gives you the best chance of winning, in November, you bring that candidate forward sometime in the summer, and you know there's a lot of excitement and fanfare, and then they announce their VP choice and all this kind of stuff. And of course, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, what I want to say, just anticipation about Biden, who he's going to pick, especially in the wake of these comments, which he made, I believe, on I want to say Friday. He's so he's out there making the rounds, and yes, of course, yesterday he and Jill, I'm looking now at a, a video of him 
laying a wreath at the side of uh, where where he honored the fallen at Memorial Day weekend, but he's wearing a they're wearing masks, and Trump, of course, is not. And so, and I'll tell you, <laughs> this the mask has become everything's political, as you well know. You've got the mask. You've got whether you believe businesses should reopen. You've got this new, the latest controversy about schools. Rand Paul's out there saying schools should absolutely, oh, absolutely open now, and all this stuff. But the mask has become the latest uh, political symbol, if you will. I suppose not completely, but by and large, um, you know, someone's political beliefs can be. <laughs> I guess quickly identified in, in a fair amount of cases. Again, I'm not saying it's universal, but um, someone, you know, the, the mask is the latest, the latest way to show that. But so we're going through this process, right? Their, their their job is to give us the best candidate that they've got, and they've decided that that's Joe Biden. Now they decided that reluctantly, as I've shared on this program before. They've decided that a little with a little bit of kicking and screaming. They've decided that with a little bit of angst. They've decided that with a little bit of, well, a whole lot of hesitation. But it was their best choice. Again, you go back to the the, the cast of characters that were on that stage uh, back when they could get on stage and what was it, March, I guess, or late February, maybe early March. And And there was no one. I mean, Bernie was leading. Remember the... The way that we were headed, even Nate Silver and his group gave us like a, I don't know, it was a better than half chance. It was, in fact, even higher than that at one point, that we would be headed to a contested convention, which basically meant that nobody would have been the nominee based upon the number of um, the, the number of uh, delegates awarded during the process. And so there wouldn't have been a clear majority. And so they would have had to wrestle this thing out on the convention floor effectively or in the days leading up to the convention. And there's no way in the world, just like there was no way in the world that Democrats are going to have a Bernie Sanders candidate in 2016. There was no way on earth they were going to have a Bernie Sanders candidate in 2020. That was known from the beginning. So the power brokers got together, the the party bosses, the folks that are – uh, the big money donors in the Democrat Party, they chose to have anyone, anyone but Biden and – or excuse me, but but Bernie. And so they were looking at their list of candidates. They looked at Pete Buttigieg and thought, you know, we can't – this guy's not ready. Um, they had some questions about Buttigieg. They had Amy Klobuchar. They thought she's, she's too boring, can't have Amy Klobuchar. Um, in fact, they called those two folks after South Carolina before Super Tuesday and said, hey, we need you. We're basically ordering you to stop your campaigns, endorse Joe Biden, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take care of you later on. You know, and Amy Klobuchar, of course, is being vetted as a potential vice presidential candidate, although although after the comments Biden made, <laughs> Biden made about if you ain't, uh, you ain't black, if you don't vote for him, if you choose to vote for Trump over Biden, you ain't black is what he said, which, of course, is ridiculous and nonsensical. But, of course, also as a Democrat, you're usually given um, some sort of political insulation. And the problem – look, it, it's they're, – they're, they're starting to have difficulty in defending him even with their corrupt ways of doing that. And so 
this is the best they've got. We've got the comments made last week on uh, this show called The Bre- uh, Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God. <laughs> I've got a great kick out of this. Charlemagne the God. <laughs> uh, and I did. I watched all 18 minutes of this thing. I think it was 18 minutes and some such number. But uh, Biden talking for the vast majority vast majority of the time. So I watched all 18 minutes because one of the things I read – one of the things I read was that you have to that Biden was joking, and in order to understand just how much Biden was joking when he made these comments, again saying that if you can't decide whether or not you're voting for him or Trump, then you ain't black. That's what he said. Unbelievable stuff. So he says, uh, well, defenders have come out and said things like he was joking. You have to listen to the full 18 minutes to understand that. I did listen to the full 18 minutes of that. And I look, I do think that we are definitely um, we're definitely to the point where, you know, we we don't have a sense of humor. Everything is uh, so politically correct. But after watching this, I don't know that he was trying to be funny. I think he was basically uh, look, when Joe Biden gets on these interviews, he tries to play the role of tough guy. Look, look, man, look, 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 Jack. Remember, you hear these comments. This is where. <laughs> this is where he says things like, um, uh, what's he say? Lying dog faced pony soldier. You're a lying dog faced pony soldier. It's like he's trying to be funny in whatever era he's trying to exist in. He's also trying to be a little bit of a tough guy on stage. He wants to show people that he's not going to, you know, back down from Trump. Trump's the bully and all this kind of stuff. So I sense a lot more of that. Biden wanting to sound like a tough guy. Um, then this was an interview of, of playful jest and, you know, joking. That's not what I got from this at all. Although there were times when, you know, there was a little bit of that, a little bit of that, of course, but he's trying to position himself as the only logical choice for someone, uh, who, who's black to vote for. In fact, he, he laid the context out in this full 18 minute interview, which again, I, I sat through yesterday, um, saying that 96% of black voters in Delaware voted for him when he was senator. He pointed out that Delaware has the eighth largest population of black Americans in the nation. Now, I don't know if that's true. I didn't look that up. I'm just going to take Biden at his word here. But again, he's he's hammering home the point. Look, virtually all black people vote. I guess, I guess by Biden's comments, 4% of the black uh, voters in Delaware are not black because they didn't vote for him, but 96% are. 96% are. So anyway, I want to play these comments when we get back. I want to play the comments. I want to set it up. I want to I want to be be fair with what was going on. Again, I watched all 18 minutes of this interview. And I want to look at some of the reaction. Reaction saying he was joking. Reaction saying that Biden got too comfortable. Got Sheila Jackson Lee out there being Sheila Jackson Lee. She hear, hears things in there that were not there. She doesn't hear things in there that clearly were there. We got CNN out there defending, uh, basically saying that the reaction to Biden's comments is extreme. <laughs> so, oh, and then we've got somebody, I don't know, this, uh, someone writing for the nation saying that she's voting for Biden even if he boiled and ate babies, folks, is what's out there as well. This is this is actual uh, actually passes as legitimate 
liberal leftist uh, commentary in today's world. Some sick and twisted examples, analogies, and so forth given out there. But we'll get into all of that and more, but not until we take our first time out. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So let's get to <clears throat> let's get to these comments made by made by Joe Biden. Let's get to the comments Biden made again. Um, basically saying, well, not basically saying. He said, if you have to decide, if you can't decide, if you can't decide whether or not you're going to vote for him or Trump, you ain't you ain't black. That's what the clip was. And we're going to play that for you. Again, he's on a, uh, an interview with Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God. And I tell you what, whatever. But anyway, this is the conversation. Well, it's just, it's just a small clip. I'm not going to, again, I watched this whole 18-minute thing. But I want you to hear this particular portion of the segment so that you can know what we're talking about here so here it goes listen you got to come see us when you come to new york vp biden i will it's a long way until november we got more questions you got more questions but i tell you if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or trump and you ain't black listen you got to come see us all right (laughs) if you got if you got a problem deciding if you're for me or trump then you ain't black So this, of course, this, of course, has caused caused the stir. This has caused the stir. It's caused Sheila Jackson Lee. Good old Sheila Jackson Lee. You know, she was asked about this on Brett Bear, special report with Black, uh, Brett Bear. Sometime, I guess, uh, I think it was posted the 24th. So this weekend, maybe Sunday. So I want you to hear her response to this because now, of course, the damage is done, right? You've got folks out here on uh, social media. You've got black voters, black Trump supporters. I've seen little videos where they've they've gone off on this, right? I mean, they've here I am, Biden. I'm I'm a black American. I voted for Trump, but I'm voting for Trump 2020. You don't get to decide whether or not I'm black. Democrat Party, you hear comments like this, Democrat Party trying to control black people again, shaming them into voting for Joe Biden, all this kind of stuff, right? I mean, there's all sorts of reactions to this, all sorts of reactions. It was a very, very stupid comment from Biden. You know me, I'm, I'm not one, I'm not one to, I really think we do ourselves a disservice, Right, I, I really do. I think that we need to do our best to look at everyone as Americans. We need to do our best to look at everyone as created in the image of God. Right? I mean, this is this is the way I, I think about it. And I know for some that's a little bit uh, just, you know, there's just people have different, I guess, expectations and thinking on these things but really i mean we're all created in the image of god and it's 
a good thing that we be allowed allowed to live our lives. And that's what this nation was set up to do was allow us to, you know, to live our lives to the the best way possible, which is which is with liberty and freedom, making our own choices, not being viewed viewed as a subject of the state, but rather as a citizen of the state. So I want you to listen here, though. Reaction, Sheila Jackson Lee, Congresswoman, state of Texas. Let's see what she has to say in response to Joe Biden's comments saying, you ain't black if you vote for Trump. Here you go. But Congresswoman, last thing, quickly. I mean, you would say to somebody in your district who's an African-American, who perhaps enjoyed the historically low African-American unemployment, uh, the support for historically black colleges and universities, the uh, prison reform and justice reform, and they said, you know what, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. They are not less black tonight, right? I don't believe uh, anyone who saw that exchange would in any way suggest that anyone is blacker, blackest, or less black. Uh, that exchange was in jest, but on second thoughts, uh, it could have been uh, spoken differently. But I think African Americans are truly one of the most astute political groups in this nation, and they know what is best for them, their children, uh, their families, their elders, and as it relates to the generational divide, if you will, or the unity of such, those who are millennials are clearly yeah. astute. And what I would say to you is that that was not what the vice president said uh, in terms of uh, those words. And if we had listened to the earlier conversation, we would know that the vice president wants to put his record forward. He knows that everyone has their own historical, moral standing on the color of their skin, but he also said he hopes that people don't have to just vote on the color of their skin. And he also believes yeah. in the history of our people. And I don't believe in any way that he undermined who we are and what we are. Look, I happen to be someone who has introduced legislation. All right. I don't know what half that gibberish was there. But he put, he said exactly what he's what Brett Bear said that he said. What do you mean you don't believe those are the words? He absolutely said that you're, you ain't black is what he said. He's doing it in jest. Oh, he's trying to be funny. Look, again, I think we've got an overly sensitive society when it comes to, to many things. I think we've lost the ability to take a joke. I think that we've, you know, we, we've sacrificed humor. Um in many instances, and I'm not saying that's the case here, but I'm I'm just saying that there there definitely is a tendency overall for people to not be able to get a joke. But I don't think don't think that's what Biden was doing here. I think he was taking the opportunity, and I did watch uh, to Sheila Jackson Lee's point again. I watched all 18 plus minutes of this thing. It wasn't like the slapstick comedy fest again. Joe Biden. You ever notice Joe Biden says, look it, look, look, let me be clear. And, and they teach him. I remember when I was in college, they, they taught us this. They, they, they teach you how to hold your hand 
when you're a politician. If you're watching on the Facebook cam, you can see. See my thumb like this? This is this position. Bill Clinton did this. Turn that, turn that face. Oh, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a power position. It's not this. It's not pointing. Right? That's a little bit condescending. And it's not just a closed fist like this that looks like it's going to punch you. That thumb goes on top. They actually teach people at first to learn this position by putting a paper clip in there, that they hold that paper clip. Because focus groups have, have found that this position of the hand, I guess, is somehow it, it demonstrates a position of power and strength without being aggressive, I guess is the idea here. See, I don't have a paper clip. Look at that. I can do that without the paper clip. So, um, but these, these, these are the sorts of things you see from Biden. And again, he's wanting to position himself as the tough guy. Not to be confused with tough guy Chris Cuomo, but tough guy Joe Biden. Tough guy Joe Biden wants to go out there, wants to go on, uh, you know, and 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 be this guy that can stand up to Trump, fight this bully. That's part, and that's part of who Biden was. He Biden is not just there to fight Trump, although that's certainly the case. He's also the guy. He's also the guy that's been, you know, the the, the tough kid from Scranton who rode the the train from Delaware to DC every day. Just one of the average guys. Right? Average Joe jumped on the train to DC. Just happened to be in politics in Washington DC for 40 years or half a century, however long it's been. Just an average Joe. Right? That's what we're supposed to believe, but he's a tough guy. He's a, he's a fighter. It's where the whole legend of porn uh corn pop corn pop comes in, not porn, Gemini. Corn pop. Right when he's fighting corn pop out in the parking lot with a six foot piece of chain given to him by the only white guy, whatever relevance that has, I don't know. But the only white guy that worked at the at the city pool in Wilmington, Delaware, said you need to take this out there and you need to protect yourself and bust up corn pop and the gang. And he was right, Biden said. Biden says they were nicking up razor blades, soaking them in buckets of water, ready to jump him. And Biden went out there and. Didn't have to use that chain. He used his words instead. But tough guy, tough guy Joe Biden. That's what this is all about. Tough guy Joe Biden. This this clip, this soundbite, this interview wasn't meant to be against slapstick comedy. This was meant to be tough guy. And so when he says, hey, man, hey, man, let me tell you, if you can't decide whether you vote for me or Trump, you ain't black. It was more in the tone of, Hey, let me just let me just lay my my cards on the table here and tell you. If you can't support me, I'm not sure you're really black. Charlemagne the God. Whatever the world that's supposed to mean. So, um, anyway, again, I watched this whole silly thing, this this conversation. It was, I mean, the to, to his defense, uh, Charlemagne let Biden talk again, probably eighty five percent of the time. And Biden came up with comments like this. This, by the way, came at the very end. I don't even know if this was – this might have just been as they were wrapping up. It might have been something that didn't even – that Biden didn't even think was continued on the air. I, I don't know. But this is what he said. You ain't black. No matter what Sheila Jackson Lee says, blackness was in question here. And it was in, <laughs> put into question by Joe Biden who, in case you haven't noticed, is an old white guy. Again, that's what the Democrats nominate, either old white guys or Clintons. Apparently, that's the only thing they can come up with. And I've got to take a break. Long in this segment, you're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here, back here in just a minute. 
Welcome back. Okay. So, been talking here about Biden over the weekend, or I guess on Friday, telling Charlemagne the God that he wasn't black, I guess, if he wasn't going to vote vote for Biden. So that's what we're, what we're talking about here this morning. And the reactions, reactions that we have to this. We've already played Sheila Jackson, uh, Jackson Lee's comments. She didn't hear. She didn't hear any comments made by Biden questioning one's blackness. I can play this again. I can ask you if you can hear these. You can hear Biden. You know, to me, when Biden says you ain't black, I I understand that to question someone's blackness. But Sheila Jackson Lee doesn't see it that way. I'm not really sure what she sees from that, but she doesn't see it. Let's listen again. And you tell me if you hear any question pertaining to someone's blackness, depending upon whether or not he or she decides to vote for Joe Biden. You decide for yourself. Here you go. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I a, will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Okay. Now, Sheila Jackson Lee doesn't hear Biden questioning someone's blackness. She hears a joke there. I don't know if you caught, <laughs> caught the joke there or not. You ain't black. If you have a problem deciding whether or not you're going to vote for Trump or me, by the way, he paused. He couldn't. I think he had a momentary hesitation deciding who am I telling people not to vote for if they're black. And he he got it quicker than, you know, maybe he has been recently. And I want to be careful. Look, I know there's a fine line between gaffes and someone having real, real problems. And I think Biden is on that. He, he's in that area where, where we have to ask those those questions, and so I want to be careful. And um, but also, um, they they've assured us that he doesn't have these problems, and that you know Biden, that's just Joe being Joe. Joe's a one man gaffe machine. I've I've we've talked about this for some time. So, but I do want to be careful. I don't want to ever come across as being inconsiderate to someone who has legitimate problems. But but Biden has been this way for as long as I've really followed him. In fact, if you go back to 1988, you know why Biden didn't – one of the reasons Biden's campaign struggled and ultimately faltered in 88 was because he was out there plagiarizing speeches. You know that? Plagiarizing speeches. Was giving speeches that he lifted from other people, almost verbatim, folks, almost verbatim, acted as though that was just kind of a coincidence. And I think he eventually came around and – acknowledge something you know how these apologies are but anyway so we've got sheila jackson lee out there she didn't hear she didn't hear anything questioning someone's blackness we've got cnn or we've got we've got the washington post writing a whole op-ed saying that he was joking you got to take it into context i did take it into context again i watched all 18 minutes of this thing it wasn't a joke fest it wasn't a slapstick comedy hour with joe biden it was as i said earlier it was a, a an opportunity for him to d- demonstrate his toughness, basically. Tough guy Joe Biden taking on the big bully Donald J. Trump. He has what it takes to to defeat this guy. CNN is saying that the action, the reaction 
is extreme. In fact, let's look at the headline here. Analysis. Oh, yes, the CNN analysis done by John Blake. Headline here, what Biden said was outrageous. That's good that he can at least acknowledge that. But some say so was the reaction. So the reaction was outrageous to what Biden said. Here's what he writes, and I'm going to take a break here in just a minute. He once called Barack Obama articulate, bright, and clean. He boasted about his working relationship with segregationist senators. Look at CNN stumbling into news here. Now Joe Biden has drawn fire for telling a black radio host that anyone wavering over whether to vote for him or President Trump ain't black. His comment Friday is the latest Biden blooper on race that uh, that has caused black and white critics to squirm. Yet there are some who say that if anyone is offended by Biden's latest comments, they aren't paying attention to what Biden is really saying. Well, here we go. It would be stupid for African-Americans to support Donald Trump after what the president has done, even if you're an African-American Republican, says Ravi Perry, an activist and chair of the political science department at Howard University in Washington. Perry says people outraged at Biden's comments ignore the context and an unwritten rule about racial remarks. Oh, I love it. There's unwritten rules, folks. Did you know that? Unwritten rules about these racial remarks. A white person can't instruct black people on their racial identity. No pontificating about whether you can't be black if you like opera or anything like this. This is the this is the piece in the CNN, right? This is I'm reading this thing. They can, however, question. They can. Did you know this? A white person can, however, question the political identity and choices of a. <laughs> I tell you, I can't even wrap. This is unbelievable to me. You can't question. As a white person, for those white people listening out here, you can't instruct black people on their racial identity. By the way, if you're like most of the white people I know, maybe even all, i got to be, you know, there's some yahoos out there in the world. But I don't know of anyone who's trying to instruct black people on their racial identity. I don't know of anyone who's pontificating, at least in my own circle here, and in the media I do. But I don't know anyone who's pontificating about uh, you can't be black if you like the opera or anything like that. That's what CNN says, though. Apparently, CNN thinks you can't like the opera if you're black. I don't – whatever. Um, however, did you know that you can question the political identity and choices of a black person who votes for a president that spread a birther conspiracy theory about the nation's first black president? And said there were very fine people on both sides of a white nationalist rally in Charlotte, uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, according to Perry. Yeah, you can question. So basically, as a white person, if a Democrat isn't, excuse me, if a black person isn't a Democrat, you can question that. Nothing else. You can't question anything else, but you can question why they're not Democrat because clearly Trump's a racist. Unbelievable stuff. I've got to take a break. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Is CNN really telling us? Are they really telling us? That we as white people 
first of all, I don't know anyone who even has, who even thinks like this. Like Joe Biden's comment to me, see, I just, I don't think like this. I don't think in terms of questioning someone's blackness. It just never even occurs to me. What in the world? It just, it makes no sense. I try to appeal, appeal to people based upon our common humanity. I suppose, I suppose if there's a certain group that's supporting the president and the, well, uh, someone running for president and that person has done things um, without getting, so to speak, caught, like, so let's just take uh, Biden and, and women. Women telling us you must believe uh, you must or not just women, but people telling us that you must believe women if they make an allegation of sexual assault or rape. And again, Biden's been accused of rape, not just sexual assault, not downplaying that either. But Biden has been on record as well. Uh, Tara Reid has call, accused him of, of rape. And so they want to talk about all the things he's done for for women, all the speeches he's given. Which, by the way, this is brought to mind the key one of the key differences between I think many conservatives and many liberals, right? Liberals are interested in what people say. I think conservatives are more interested in what people do. As a general rule, now again, what people say matters too, especially for running for office. I'm not saying that, but I don't care what Biden says about believing women and women's rights and. Equal pay for equal work and all that stuff. You know what I care about? I care if the guy happens to be charged with rape, that matters to me. I don't look at that and say, nah, doesn't matter. You know, I believe Tara Reid, as people have said, I cannot wrap my head around this. I believe Tara Reid, but I'm still going to vote for Biden. You hear people say this. Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand that. That is a, talk about a morally... Banker, I don't want to hear anybody lecture me about anything. A, t- a Trump tweet. I don't. If if they've taken that position, I believe Tara Reid, but I'm still voting for Biden. I'm not taking a millisecond of a moral lecture from these folks. Anyway, long in this segment, got to wrap up. But apparently, CNN thinks you can criticize white people can criticize black people on their blackness for for one reason: their political identity. It's just insane stuff, literally. So if they're not Democrat, if they're black and they're not Democrat, that's the one. You ever notice all the passes are given for the way that liberals look at the world? You're not allowed to do this, but if they don't, uh, if they don't toe the line on liberal ideology, then you can call them out. This is stupid. This is insulting. This is racist. This is just dumb. Why we're having this conversation? I don't know. Well, because Biden brought it up, but it's just it's nonsense. To think about people are individuals. People are not. There isn't, you know, just this group mindset that that you know all people who are white or men or whatever, black, whatever, so suddenly think the same way. But that's how the the Democrats view these folks as votes, and that's how it's convenient for them to look at that. How can I appeal to that group and still get what I want, which is their vote? And I got to take a break. Listening to conservative, not better talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Moments of the first hour. By the way, hour two can be caught 
for the time being on YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel, and you can see hour number two. Listen to hour number two on YouTube, which will begin here oh, in the next, uh, what, six minutes or so, I guess. And, of course, for our subscribers, those who subscribe to Total Access, um, you can listen as well. Free month of Total Access for those who subscribe to our email newsletter, tothuffshow.com slash subscribe or text the word Huff, my last name, H-U-F-F, to 31996. Follow the instructions there. Get us your email. By the way, email newsletter will go out later today as well. All kinds of stuff happening here, but I've got to wrap up hour number one. Be back here in just a minute with hour number two, SDG. Thanks for listening.